E.T., Men in Black, Mork and Mindy, even Lilo and Stitch. We've all seen and read stories about peaceful, loving, and even comedic interactions between beings who are not from this world and human beings from this world. But what happens when these meetings are not so peaceful? Stay tuned, friends, because in this week's Mysteries of Latin America podcast, you'll hear the story of how an entire town in Brazil was attacked by UFOs. This is the Mysteries of Latin America podcast, where we bring you the mysteries, myths, and legends of the Latin American cultures of North, Central, and South America. Beginning in August of 1977, at the height of the military dictatorship in Brazil, strange lights appeared in the fishing and farming village of Colares. Residents there said that they not only witnessed flying pratos, plates, or saucers in Portuguese, but that they were also being attacked by them. These saucers were glowing objects of different shapes and colors and flying at low altitudes just over the treetops. And then they began firing concentrated beams of light at people and homes below. These light beams went right through ceilings and walls. Most of the people living in Colares and the surrounding areas were affected by this incident either directly or indirectly, knowing friends and family who were injured or worse. But the attack wasn't just for a couple of minutes or a night. These attacks lasted almost six months. Dozens of people were attacked, and two died from their injuries. For six months, the objects came every night between 6 and 7 p.m. and didn't stop until well after the military arrived. Colares is a small town in northeastern Brazil, in the state of Pará, on the banks of the Bahia de Marajó. Curiously enough, only 482 kilometers, or 300 miles, from the archaeological site of Calzoene, which we earlier featured in Episode 2 of this podcast. Now, I'm not saying that the two are connected at all, but my ears did perk up a little when I saw the location of Colares on a map and how close it was to the site of an ancient stone circle. If you haven't checked out that episode, I invite you to do that after listening to this one. If you were living in Colares in the late 1970s, there was a good chance you were either a fisherman or a farmer. Most people there lived a hard-working, humble existence. This wasn't a grand tourism destination like Rio de Janeiro. It was small-town living in Brazil, and life was pretty predictable and uneventful, until it wasn't. I'm going to describe the events that took place in Colares by reading some of the eyewitness accounts, and you can hear what the people who lived the experience had to say about it. Please bear in mind, though, that these accounts have been translated from Portuguese to English. The first account is from a priest of Colares, and dated August 13, 1977. His name was Alfredo de Lao. After being awakened by the insistent barking of dogs in nearby houses, he saw an object that caught his attention, emitting a bright light moving through the sky. It was a reddish light, 20 meters or so, or about 65 feet above the bay, that reflected on the water, moving at a great speed, faster than a jet plane, in his words. He heard no sound coming from the object. Father Alfredo estimated the size at about 50 centimeters, or about 20 inches, 
and he compared the size to the top of a barrel as a point of reference. He said that the top part of the object emitted a strong red light and that the bottom was a very bright blue, lighting up everything around it, wherever it passed. Now note that the electricity in the town had been shut off at 10 p.m., which was not uncommon for rural parts of Brazil back then, so any other lights would have shone brightly in the night sky. Next, we have an account from Alcira Farias of the nearby county of San Antonio do Tauá, also from the same night of August 13, 1977. She was going into the backyard of her home when she saw a huge light over a mangrove tree. The light scared her, and she ran inside the house. But that didn't prevent her from being hit in her left leg by a ray of reddish light, and she fell over a stool in her kitchen. She felt a growing numbness and a chill traveling up her body from her feet to her head. She was helped up by her daughter and later ended up suffering from headaches, shaking, and intense fatigue for eight days. Thirdly, we have an account from August 24th from Colares resident Antonio de Sousa, a retired military policeman. He said he didn't believe what people had been saying about UFOs or as science refers to them now as UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. He was going into his backyard when he noticed everything was lit up with a bluish light which spread out in all directions. Looking closely, he saw a very bright star or light in the sky. It wasn't the moon. Then it was in another location entirely. He saw a ray of light touching him, which partially paralyzed him. He kept calling out to his wife to wake her up, but he couldn't wake her up because he wasn't making a sound, giving him the feeling that he had something stuck in his throat, like a cat with a fishbone stuck in his throat. He was later attended to by his wife, and then he told her, the chupa almost got me. By this time, local residents had nicknamed the visitors, the chupas, or the suckers, as they felt that the beams of light were sucking blood or energy or something from them. Now, I've only read from three of these victim accounts, but please know that officially there are well over 200 documented eyewitness accounts from people from at least five different counties. Everyone in the town of Colares and neighboring villages and towns who was attacked or had symptoms was treated by the same town doctor who was the head of the Colares Hospital. Her name was Dr. Welaide Sesim. As for what people experienced, she said people swore they had been attacked by rays of light from an unknown source. She said, besides having nervous breakdowns, her patients reported headaches, weakness, dizziness, generalized tremors, and more importantly, first-degree burns marked by small punctures on different parts of the body. When describing the beam of light that hit them, victims told her the beam was about seven or eight centimeters, or about three inches in diameter. The beams hit them suddenly, and when they tried to scream, no sound would come out, but their eyes remained open. The beam itself felt hot, almost as hot as something like a cigarette burn. She said the lesions looked to her like radiation injuries, beginning with an intense reddening of the skin in the affected area, and later the hair would fall out and the skin would turn black. There was no pain, 
only a slight warmth. Dr. Sassim ended up treating about 40 people who had been burned and two who had died from their injuries. And now we have an account from Dr. Sassim herself. She confirmed that on one occasion, she saw a bright metallic object spinning over the front part of the village and that it made no sound at all. She described the object this way, that it was a cone or a cylinder shape, where the upper part was more narrow, having an apparent size at that distance of about three meters in width or about 10 feet, and about two meters in diameter, about six and a half feet, that it moved in an irregular manner with a wavy or rocking motion, all the time making swift stops and turning at the same time. She said she observed closely and she was accompanied by other people as it happened in front of the local state hospital where she worked and treated attack victims. The mayor of Colares and mayors of several surrounding villages appealed to the government for help. But remember, this is still during the time when Brazil's government was in the hands of the Brazilian military. So, bureaucracy. The first government agents arrived in October and many town residents fled the area when they did. The Brazilian Air Force, the FAB, was later sent and responded by sending a team to Colares and they called the mission Operação Prato, literally Operation Plate or Operation Saucer. It was a small team consisting of only seven Air Force officers, led by Captain Uiranji and six sergeants who were armed with surveying equipment, cameras, and tape recorders to document what these mayors were complaining about. Probably not the military response people were hoping for. During the operation, the agents themselves reported seeing UFOs numerous times. A 2,000-page military report was soon compiled, featuring over 500 photographs, the picture we use for the cover of this episode is one of them, 16 hours of film, that the FAB reportedly witnessed with their own eyes, maps of movements, and sketches showing the paths of several UFOs passing over an area on the same night. After four months, the Brazilian Air Force officially shut down the investigation after finding no unusual phenomena. All of this despite all of the reports, all of the photographs, and all of the film. Unofficially, the investigation continued through much of 1978 because of the personal interest of the lead investigators. Operation Prato investigated only a small part of a more widespread phenomena that had begun months earlier in April 1977, several hundred miles to the east in the neighboring state of Maranhão. It then swept over the Colares area and continued far to the west toward Manaus in the Amazon region four months after. Colares, however, seems to have been affected most by these events. Documents related to the investigation into the attacks were kept classified until several pages were released in 2004, showing some of the drawings and photographs of what the military saw. Today, more than 25 years later, the classified files from the operation are still off-limits to the public. But in the last 20 years, the Brazilian government has begun to show more openness about declassifying documents about unidentified aerial phenomenon, and we're hopeful that more light will be shed on these events soon. 
What separates these events from the usual glimpses of UFOs in the skies are how long the events lasted, months, and the numerous and recurring injuries that people reported. Several witnesses claimed to have seen beings, describing them as being no more than three to four feet tall. Some of those films mentioned earlier reportedly showed UFOs diving into or coming out of the waters of nearby Marajo Bay. As the case was closed for lack of evidence of unusual phenomena, there's still no explanation for what happened in Colares for those six months starting in the summer of 1977. In large part, owing to the way the government closed the case, many conspiracy theories have emerged over the years. Some think the area was simply being used as a test site for top-secret military aircraft, either for the Brazilian government or some other government, something people have also used to explain the secrecy behind Area 51. In 1997, 20 years after the operation, Captain Oiranji gave an interview to investigators from UFO magazine, where he recounted his experience with his fellow soldiers and how terrified his men were during their investigations. He went on to reveal eyewitness statements that described residents waking up to beings wearing protective clothing, shooting colored beams at their heads, as well as several officers reporting seeing strange lights emerging from and diving back into the waters around the area, leading some to assume that this was the location of a secret base, possibly alien, underwater. Three months after this interview, Captain Uiranji, the lead field investigator from the Brazilian Air Force, was found dead in his home after he seemingly hung himself using the belt of his bathrobe. There was no explanation for the apparent suicide. Dr. Sesim, who treated the people of Colares for the injuries after the attacks, later said she was compelled, she didn't say who did the compelling, to lie to patients about their injuries and to tell them they were simply hallucinations and accidents. So, was this a mass hysteria event that paralyzed part of Brazil in the 1970s? Was the Brazilian Air Force covering up a covert military operation? Or were there visitors from another part of the universe, intent on setting up and defending an underwater base in a rural fishing community in Brazil? We won't have anything remotely looking like answers until the Brazilian government opens up all the files, reports, hours of film, and hundreds of photographs taken by the Air Force team, and we have a more complete story about what really happened during six months, again, six months, where people in a small fishing village said they were under attack by objects in the sky. And when we do know more, I'll be here to let you know more about the story of how an entire town in Brazil was attacked by UFOs. I'm Andrew Colon. Adios, or this time, Adeus. Thank you for listening to the Mysteries of Latin America podcast. Make sure to download and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 